On this episode of Sam Chance of Boxing, guys, we are going to get into what happened this past weekend with Munguia. How does his future play out now going forward? Also, we're going to take a look ahead at Connor, Ben, and Dobson. Um, I don't know what to make of that fight, but we'll get into that one as well. Shakir Stevenson says he's retiring. Also, too many belts in the division? All this plus more on this episode of Sam Chance. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chats. I am your host, Bobby Sampson. Join with me, as always, my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, happy Thursday, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Can't complain, man. It looks like we're getting a shot of spring early on at the end of November. Well, yeah, at the end of the month here, at the beginning of the new month. So I like it, man. I'm happy. No, No worries on my side. Yeah, the weather's great. 14 degrees. Can't complain at all. No, can't complain. In fact, my next door neighbor has roses blooming already. Wow. Yeah, I think they're roses. I don't know. Maybe they're tulips. But either way, something's coming out of the ground, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, brother man. Let's get into it. Here we go. Mungia. John Ryder. We both got it wrong. Mm, I'm we glad, actually. Glad that Mungia won. He's a younger fighter. Yeah, well, 27 years old, I uh, improved this record to 43 and oh, your takeaways from the fight. Oh, you know what? We should probably start this round. Ding, ding. Here we go. Your takeaways from this fight. Well, Ryder's, a, I guess, officially a journeyman now. He's 35. He looks slow, tired, worn out. You know, I guess he left it all during the last fight against Canelo. Well, I mean, he's a tough guy, but he was outmatched. Every we all wanted better defense, better combinations, better jab, better movements from Mungia. He got it. Brilliant play by De La Hoya. He got rid of Eric Morales. He brought in Freddie Roach to coach him up, <clears throat> train him up. Freddie Roach, one of the best trainers of all time, took Manny to eight divisions, eight eight belt champ, and um, he made Mungia look a lot better. He still got hit with a lot of big uppercuts from Ryder. Still a little bit sloppy, but overall, he knocked him out. Finished him, threw a corner, threw in the towel, and Monkey is impressive. Now he's going to step up the competition. Maybe Morel, maybe Benavidez, maybe Caleb Plant. So he's ready for the top echelon now. And he looked good. And Ryder, I think, is consider, considering retiring. Those are my yeah. thoughts on it. Yours? My, my, my thoughts, I mean, you pretty much covered a lot of it right there. Like, Monkey came in to do something impressive, and he surely did, right? Considering... John Ryder did fight Canelo last. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of things to kind of look for in this fight in terms of what both guys could do against him. And, you know, the one thing Munguia did is he got him out of there where, where he went the distance with Canelo. That's not to say anything against Canelo. It's just, it's a fact. I mean, yeah. you know, to, to Canelo's one knockdown, this guy knocked him down four times, once in the second round, once in the fourth round, had him wobbled in the fifth round. Uh, should have probably stopped the fight after the third knockdown in the ninth round with that uh, swooping overhand right. Uh, but then to come back and, and, you know, just get smothered and smothered. And, you know, even then the referee wasn't stopping the fight. The corner stood up on the ring apron, but the referee's back was to him. So, you know, thankfully the, the bell person rang the bell, you know, to, to kind of stop this, um, you know. Ryder's that kind of guy, man. He's just too too stubborn for his own good. But this looks really good for Mangia. He's really good, but 
like you said, man, I, I don't think what he wants is on the horizon as the case for David Benavides. Um, you know, he has to go out there and probably do a couple more matches and a couple more fights before he gets that opportunity. The same we might see um, <clears throat> Mungia versus Morel Jr. They're both of the same age. Three guys that are in that division looking for that golden ticket, so to speak. Because uh, Canelo is not fighting Munguia, Morel, or Benavides in 2024. I've said this yeah. many times. He's going to make yeah. them wait. He's fighting Charlo and then probably Terrence Crawford. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that, that, that looks like what Canelo's calendar is. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on here and how it applies to all these other three guys. But overall, impressive victory, in my opinion. Great I thought, job by De La Hoya marketing this guy. He's got a young, hungry fighter. He brought Freddie Roach in. He knows Freddie Roach, one of the best trainers of all time. No disrespect to Eric Morales, but you're not a trainer on Freddie Roach's level. Amazing yeah. boxer and champion. But bringing in Freddie Roach elevated his game. We've seen it. Great job by De La Hoya, Freddie Roach, Mungia. Well done. Yeah, looking good, looking good. I mean, he dispels a lot of what we were thinking before going into this fight. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I was wrong on that. I'm glad yeah, he won. Yeah. He's the is, can he carry that on into the next one against more elevated talent, right? Um, take nothing with John Ryder, but now we have to see him against a David Morrell, a David Benavides, Caleb Hunt. Like you said, I think Caleb probably the best one for him. That's just my opinion. I mean, yeah. listing those names. I think, Caleb, this is a good fight for Caleb. This would be a great fight for Mungia to kind of prove himself even further. But that being said, talking about guys trying to prove themselves, and uh, we're just coming in with the perfect segues here. Connor Ben takes center stage this weekend in Las Vegas, Cosmopolitan, February the 3rd. Now, here's something really interesting about this fight. Let's get this round started. They're doing it for the English audience. So the main event will be at like 30 in the afternoon, just so you know, and, and on the and, and The only reason Conor Ben is fighting in Las Vegas, free fight in his own, is because he's not allowed to fight in the UK. He didn't give him a license yet because he got caught, caught doping, not once, twice. Yeah. So that's yeah. why he's fighting in Las Vegas. So there's only reason he's here. He wants to fight in England in front of his home crowd. He's not going to be, I mean, he's eight to one. He's a favorite. He's a, Peter Dobson's eight to one underdog. He, he, I mean, this is a two and up fight. I know Dobson hasn't never lost a fight. He's 16, but he hasn't fought in a year. Didn't fight once in 2023, Dobson. So, I mean, this is a good chance. I mean, he's young. I, I know he's got some power, but this should be a walk in the park for Connor Benny. Should get him out of there in the late rounds. This is a tune-up fight. It's a free fight. I'm going to watch it because, you know, it's on his own. But uh, yeah, the only reason he's in Vegas is because they won't let him fight in the UK right now. So, should be a walk in the park, you know, fight to kind of up, get him back in the upper echelon again because he got that black cloud over his head from the two times he was doping, although he says he's innocent something fishy because UK won't let you fight. So you got to come to Vegas, which is weird. You can't get a license in the UK to fight, but you can do it in Vegas. So maybe different standards. Well, I mean, well, that's why he's here. Well, the UK border commission, I mean, they're, they're stubborn as it is, right? I mean, they're British. I mean, just, just he's taking fertility drugs and stuff. And that's why he said he had those test numbers, but you should know that, you know, what's on the bad substance list. Your trainer should know that you're not a club fighter. You're a multi-million dollar fighter with the best trainers in the world, the best teams in the world. You guys know what you can and can't take. This is not some guy down at the Mamba gym that doesn't know what he's doing. This is serious stuff. So it's it's crap. It's a lie. He's lying. He got caught. Um, so hopefully he wins the fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is all, you know, damage control. I mean, the Eubank yeah. was, was at stake the first time around. That got dispelled. 
they were supposed to do this. This was supposed to be the Eubank fight, actually. But at the 11th hour, again, they they, they dropped the ball on it and it didn't happen. So they put him up against Dodson. Uh, Dodson taking nothing away from him. He's coming into this fight 16-0 with nine KOs against Connor Ben, who's 20-0 with 14 KOs. I mean, this is not much of a fight for him. In my, I take nothing away from Dobson. He probably beat the tar out of me and you combined at the same time. Nah, I throw him, yeah, but, no, no. I throw him on the ground. He's too light. But, but, <laughs> but I probably got like 20 pounds on him. Yeah, well, fair play, fair play. But I mean, just in terms of, you know, yes, 16 to 18 months he's been out of action. Mm-hmm. So a safe fight for Connor Ben. It doesn't hurt him in Very any way. Very safe fight. Uh, if anything, it's a quick history for every The last time a Ben fought was about 30, 31 years ago. His dad fought at Bally's. Um, which is an old, old casino in Vegas, and he beat yeah. up Barkley there. <clears throat> so, 31, 32 years later, uh, here comes his son back to Vegas. So, yeah, it's not, on. probably not the best scenario to be in Vegas the way it's set up. I mean, eight, I mean, how often do you see boxing matches take place at 2 30 in the afternoon, the main event in Vegas? No, no on Conor Ben's level, not really. You know, you just yeah. see the lower guys, yeah. right? But this is primarily geared for the UK audience. This is to get him back on terms with the fans. Yeah. Uh, we we fail to remember, yeah, we love boxing in North America, but boxing plays a bigger role in Europe than it does in North America in terms of viewership, in terms of um, fan interest and what have you. I mean, we have a big market here in North America, but the market in the UK is so much bigger for their fighters. So I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to repair that reputation and, you know, try to get him back into the UK. But that that British boxing board, it's very stubborn, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if the rest of the world is is allowing him to fight, except his home country, there has to be more to this story than than anybody knows about. But hey, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. You know, it is what it is. He's fighting this weekend, so hats off to both guys. I hope they have a great fight, and you know, um, yeah, Ben, man, I, I, I you know, I'll be of... honest with you, man. I, I don't really care for Ben. I don't really care for his attitude. He's skilled. So I, I know this is an eight to one uh, long shot, but I hope Dobson uh, takes him. I don't think he will. It's a two up fight for him, but I'm, I'm cheering for Dobson. Yeah, fair play, fair play. All right, man, let's get on to round number three. Now we talked about Mungia earlier on. Maybe it's time to maybe touch on what Mr. Saul Canelo Alvarez is deciding to do for this year. He's a two fight guy. So, you know, we pretty much know now what his schedule is going to be. It's going to be the other Charlo this May, and we're probably looking at Terrence Crawford and him in November. That leaves both Davids and Mungia, who just came off this really impressive performance, left in the dark. Uh, do you agree with his plans? Do you think it's the right way to go? I know it's the money fight. I get this, this, and this. But ultimately, do you think that is just a good move here? Absolutely. It's a brilliant move by him and his team. He's going for the fights that he thinks is going to draw the most money. And um, just because David Benavidez wants to fight him doesn't mean you can fight him. I'm not saying David doesn't deserve the fight, but uh, just because you and your dad are smack talking him, calling him a chicken, that's pissing him off even more. It's going to make you guys wait. This isn't all about the money at the end of the day. Everybody fights for the money. And um, yeah, I'd rather have, I, I have no problem with another Charlo because he wants to eliminate the Charlo brothers. I probably think in September he should fight David, but I don't blame him for taking Terrence Crawford because Terrence Crawford is a bigger name than David Benavidez. They'll sell more pay-per-views fighting him. And, you know, Terrence is a little bit smaller. He probably thinks he can, you know, push him around a little bit. So I have no problem with it. He's Dave's side. He calls the shots. And David's going to have to fight a couple more guys. Eventually he'll get his chance. they got to wait it out. Man, man, he waited six to eight years for, for Floyd. They do yeah. that in waiting a year. So 
I get it. It's a jerk move, but I don't blame the guy. If I was him, I'd probably do the same thing. It's the business, and I'm sure all parties involved that are even waiting in the rings realize it's a business. But yeah, they're going to have to call their shots. They're going to have to, you know, do what they're doing on social media and all the platforms in order to keep their voice alive. That being said, now that we know for the most part, this is the way Canelo is going to go. We got these three dudes here now that are kind of like, you know, well, I mean, in orders of importance, I would say Benavides, Mungia, and then David Morrell, because David still doesn't have a solid, in my opinion. Yeah, David and Benavides definitely should get the fight. He will get him eventually. He will. He will. Not, but this, not he, 2024. But I'm just saying in terms of signatures on, on, on the resume, Morrell's at the bottom of that list, you know, like, yeah, he's very talented and what have you. But I mean, he's only had a handful of fights where the other two now, like, I mean, Mungia doesn't have many signatures either, but he has 43 victories. I mean, compared to what, David Morrell, 10 and 0? Is that what it is? 10, 11 and 0? I know it's exact record, but it's not right? very much. It's not very much. So he needs to get out there. So if that's the case, where do these four, three go? I, I Benavides fights, Benavides can fight Mungia, Morrell, and those, those guys can kind of duke it out. And then eventually Canelo will have no choice. Well, I'm just curious to see who they're going to pick because, I mean, okay, you're coming off your fight in November. I'm talking about David Benavides. So you got to pick something up. Is it going to be Morel or is it going to be Munguia? I don't know. I think Munguia would probably be the safer bet, in my opinion. I think so, too, but you never know. But, yeah, he'll fight one of those two next, I'd assume. Benavides, I give him credit. He's not scared of nobody he wants the big fights, but, unfortunately, Canelo's day. So Benavides is a future that division, but he's a little bit young. Right now, it's Canelo's time. And I think that is what it is. I think the reason the Benavides camp is pushing for it as hard as they are is a, you know, how, and to be completely fair and honest, man, I mean, we're trying to be as biased as impossible to, to be as unbiased as possible here. How many more times can he cut that weight to 168? He's having, I think he's probably going to have a harder time as, as time passes here to make that yep. weight. So there is a time stamp on him as well in terms of his health to keep going at this level. But the thing, at the end of the day, Canelo doesn't give two craps about Benavides' no, 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 weight. No, 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 no. He's going to have to maintain or move up, right? I get it. I'm just trying to share the, the where I think... I think I think, I think think Davidson is making a big mistake. I think he's too aggressive, and he's smack-talking Canelo too much. Canelo's not scared of no man. Let's be honest. He's been there with Triple G. He's been there with Floyd, Shane Mosley. Canelo's not scared of no man. He's smart. He's going to fight who he wants to fight and, and protect the business. And protect his business, and uh, Canelo is not scared of Benavides. Could Benavides beat him? Maybe, but he's not scared of him. I'll tell no, you that. Perfectly, perfectly. I think in my mind, what I'm trying to do, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. Map out what I think is potentially going to look, you know, what 2024 is going to look for, look like for these three fellas, right? I mean, throw Caleb Plan in there as well. I mean, yeah, one of them has to fight Caleb. I mean, what other options do these guys have in the division right now if they want to stay active this year and whatnot, not hurt their reputation? I mean, right now, Mingi is probably on the right foot because of the victory against John Ryder. It puts him up a little bit higher because does, of what yeah. Ryder where Canelo couldn't get done. That kind of sucks for David Morrell and David Benavides on that front, right? So, you know, so like two more fights, then I get my opportunity. So, so we'll see. We'll see how the year plays out. But that being said, let's move on to the next topic. Ladies and gentlemen, Shakira Stevenson at the age of 25 or 26, I'm not sure. 26. But- 26 has announced his retirement because he's done with the stupid boxing and, and, and the industry as a whole. Um, you and I already both agree. This is just a work. It has mm-hmm. to, I mean, it doesn't make any sense 
to retire at the age. I mean, what is it? He's not getting the fights he wants. I mean, that's what it is. Right, right. But but you know what? Join the lineup with every other single fighter. There's only four or five guys that everybody wants to fight, right? They control the shots. I mean, yeah, Canelo controls his shots. Uh, Tyson Fury controls his shots, right? And then you got the guys like Haney that they're trying to get after and the Bud Crawford. Well, Bud and Shakir would never fight, but you know what I mean? Like Tank is avoiding Shakir. Haney's avoiding Shakir. Everyone's avoiding Shakir. So I feel for the kid. I get it. You can't get the fight that you're looking for, but you got to stay active. Your thoughts? He's still young. He's he's being a bit of a poor sport. He's even said, I'm going to still train every day and be active, which means he'll take a few months off. We'll get off from Bob Aaron, we'll offer him a big fight, and he'll take it, and we'll see him fight in the spring. He's too talented. He knows it. Uh, people, there's too much money. We waved in his face for him to say that he is going to be retired because at the end of the day, it's all about the money, no matter what anybody says. you got to love it, but it's all about the money. And um, we'll fight again in six months, and um, he'll get a good fight. Now, he should have he fought Lomachenko when he wanted the fight. should have happened. It's too bad Lomo's, you know, fighting all the way in Australia against Cambosis. I think it's a waste of Lomo's time. You know, he's going to get the IBF title on the line, but Coral will be back. He's an amazing fighter, and uh, he's a pretty good guy. And we'll talk him out of it. And they'll offer him a big fight in the backups. He's just doing this to get a big fight, basically. Yeah, like you know, I, I here's where I'm troubled by. Like I don't understand why Combosis is even getting a title shot here. Like I, it doesn't make sense. That fight, in my opinion, because he sells a lot of because he sells a lot of tickets in Australia, and they can make a lot. Of money. I get that. I get that he sells tickets in Australia, but you know what? At the end of the day, wouldn't the Shakur against Lomo sell more pay per views anyways, regardless of where it's taking place? I mean, that's the fight to make. I mean, those are the guys who are deserving of those titles. Not not George. I'm sorry, he's lost twice. He dropped the titles. He lost his rematch. In, in that sense as well. So how 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 does it work that he gets a shot again? You know what I mean? Money, ticket sales. I get it. But Lo, but but he didn't even sell out that well in Australia, man. But with Lomo coming there, they're gonna pump it up. He'll he'll they'll get forty thousand people in there. And Lomo and Shakur would probably only get eighteen thousand, right? That's what they're thinking. That's yeah. all it is. But yeah, the better fight for everybody to watch would be Shakur and Lomo. Shakur wanted that fight, and Lomo said, No, we want Haney. Then he, Haney didn't want to rematch him, and then all of a sudden it's Cambosis. So I'm not sure how that happened. But, but you see where I'm coming from, right? Like if, if you're going to retire, I can understand that being your logic. Like, well, what the hell? How's this guy getting this title shot where he's lost two title shots? Like lost two title fights, sorry. That's not why he's retiring. He doesn't care about Cambosis and um, Lomo, but he wants top fights and he wants money, right? Um, right, right. But the top... He's still young, though. People forget Benavidez and Shakur, they're still young. They want all these fights. These guys that get all the big fights, they're in their 30s. No, no, no. You know, I get, seven, I get eight years ago, they weren't getting these big fights. Right, right. Gotta wait. No disagreement. But what I'm saying is I can understand why he's bitter because really at the end of the day, the Composis doesn't deserve a title shot. That's I'm gonna stick by I that. agree, but then and I agree, but if you want to be a star like Mayweather and Pocky and Fury, you gotta go out there and get it, man. You gotta keep fighting. And you gotta you gotta market yourself. There's only like you said, a few guys that get to that upper echelon. You you gotta you gotta bust your butt to get there. And yeah. You can make call your own shot. People be chasing you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. You 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 work he'll your way back. He's a great fighter and he's a good kid and he'll be back. No, for Give sure, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, old man Bob will talk about it. Wave some money in his face. Well, he better talk to him soon, man. I mean, I don't want to lose someone of that talent because he is a talented source. Man. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Can't give up now. Can't give up now. That's all totally I agree. 
Mr. Kerr Stevenson. All right, last and final round. I bring this up as a topic. Are there too many titles in boxing? I think we both know what our answer is. Uh, you know what? I saw Floyd talking about it this morning uh, in a clip, and it got me to thinking, and we've talked about it before, but you know what? It, it, boxing is just too saturated with titles, man, in my opinion. He's right. Like, I mean, it's a cash grab for the for the sanctioning bodies. Um, you think about it, you got interim champion, you got regular champion, then you got the actual champion, and then you know it's just like four governing bodies, four titles, four regular titles, four interim titles. I, I don't even agree with interim titles, man. First off, I'll say this interim titles should not even be a thing. If you're a champion, you get injured, you drop the strap. You let the other two guys become champion. When you're healed, you're automatically number one contender, regardless of who wins that belt. That's the way I think it should be, in my opinion. I don't think there should be a regular champion. I believe, and I thought about this today, if the IBF wants to stay in existence and all the other organizations want to stay in existence, let them become separate promotions. Yeah, that's the thing. Boxing been out for so long. The thing about UFC, what UFC does better is they market themselves better and there's one champion per division heavyweight lightweight middleweight name a division there's one champ so that cuts all the crap the problem is like you said there's too many governing bodies in boxing there's too many different promotions top rank golden boy you know matching go on and on and on so that's the problem it's not under one umbrella boxing will never be under one umbrella unless somebody with a ton of money goes and makes a different league and tries to get the fighters and pluck them kind of like live golf did the pga but nobody's going to do that because these guys won't give up their good fighters. So Saudi's it is way, way too many titles. Absolutely. Saudi's already doing it with the heavyweight scene. You know what I mean? Like trying to. Well, they're trying to, and they are succeeding because whatever he's saying, oh, yes, sir, that's what we're going to do. I mean, all these fights are happening because he's saying, I'm going to make this fight and I'm going to make this fight. He's not asking them. He's telling them this is what he just, just pays so much money that nobody can say no, right? Well, well, that's the piece, right? But ultimately, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you think about it like it, it's a cash grab for all these sanctioning bodies. Like, even if you're interim champion, every time you go into that ring and defend it, like you have to pay a per a piece of your purse goes to them. Mm -hmm. To become undisputed is such a great honor, but how much are you losing as undisputed? You almost make more money if you're not even fighting for a title. Yeah, that's the thing is boxing is so, so many, so many people out of their hands in the cookie jar and Saudis are trying, but we'll always have fights in America and Europe. So it's so spread out and mixed martial arts is one big dog in town and it's the UFC and nobody else. And because it's a newer sport, right? It started coming out in the late, early nineties. Yeah. So it's too bad boxing. You just have like NFL, NHL, you just have one top boxing league, one belly division, all the best fighters, but it's never going to happen and it sucks. And we did at one point, and, you know, things were right. We knew who the heavyweight champion was. We knew who this champion was. Right now, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, who's champion and where? Like, there's mm. you know, four guys in one division, all holding world heavyweight, or world titles. That's great. I'm taking nothing away from these guys who are winning these belts. But, man, honestly, there's just way too many. I mean, I, like I it's said, outrageous. one solution that I thought would be really, really cool would be like, okay, let's separate them. You got four leagues then, you know? And if you got these promoters, then the promoters can bid on which league they want to be a part of. So yeah, there's just too many egos at play. I agree with you. There's just too many egos at play. Right? Like, either than that, then everyone should need to come together and figure something out and have, you know, just one world champion in each division. That's what it should be. Like, just make sense of it all. But it's just too convoluted. You're right. Never going to happen. 
it, it, maybe one day it will, but who knows? Not in our lifetime. All right, brother man, that wraps it up. We got five solid rounds in. Uh, before we move on to anything else, I just wanted to say something really quick. Uh, shout out to a friend of our show, Cody Crowley. He's announced that he's gonna, you know, he's coming back to train and he's looking for his fight. So we hope he gets his fight. We hope we. He gets uh, what he's looking for this year. It's good to see. And I, gotta, and I hate to say it, and I do like Cody in front of the show, but I got to put him in the same boat as Shakur. He was full of crap when he retired. He was never going to stay down. He's young enough that he's going to come back. He's undefeated. The money and waved in his face. And, and and you know, Tyson Bray does the same stuff. These guys are so full of crap. If you're under 35 and, and these guys are top fighters, they're not going away. Fair point, I have to call I'm going to call Shakur out. I got to call Cody out. He, he was full of crap on that. Yeah, well, at least Cody stayed away for a little while, but I mean, at the end of the yeah, day, right. he went right. away for six months. Big yeah. deal. Not even. He retired what two months ago. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe sometimes being away from it, not being near the training, not being close to what you love, that's when you start to realize what you lost and what you could potentially lose if you don't stick with the game plan, man. Um, you know, sometimes it's a hard lesson that way. But hey, everyone's on their journey. Everyone's on their path. We're just here to tell you about it. I just got to tell the truth. They are full of crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's the end of the day. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Brother man, I don't um, want to those guys that sugarcoats it, right? They got to tell it like it is. No, you and uh, Mr. Mike. Not saying they're bad people, but it's, I'm just talking not their personal life. I'm start talking as far as boxing goes. They're both full of crap. All right. Fair enough. Um, what happened today or this week in boxing history and anything about Canadian history? Yeah, we'll start off with the Canadian history. Um, this is uh, not nothing happened this week in Canadian history because uh, you don't have that many Canadian fires. But I wanted to point out um, one of the greatest southpaws in Canadian history, the one and only Otis Magic Grant. He uh, runs Grant Brothers Boxing. He's a former WBO middleweight champion of the world. He's a Canadian legend, and he's definitely one of the best Canadian southpaws that we've ever had. And uh, I thought I'd bring him up because he doesn't get enough credit. He's born in Jamaica, but he's lived not long enough in Montreal, became a Canadian citizen. So. Uh, he's uh, he's an all-time legend. And uh, this week in boxing history, the one and only Felix Tito Trinidad made his third defense of the IBF welterweight title against the one and only Hector Macho Camacho in Las Vegas, Nevada in 1994. Macho refused to engage with them. He, uh, was, Tito was too big, too strong, and came out on top. Yeah, I know. I remember that fight. Um, go back and watch it, guys. It was fun. Um. There you go, brother man. Wow. Yep. Uh, it's a quite week in the history, quite week in Canadian history as well. But uh, yeah, man, I think we're due for a new trip. We, we need a world champion in Canada, guys. Boxers out there, you know, listen, get it going, man. Start grinding. It's been a while. Oh, so we have better be up. Well, we have better be up, but he is Russian. He's just based out of Montreal, right? He's not yeah. a citizen. I mean, we, we need we need a, a champion from Canada again. It's been a while, man. We oh. also need to bring the Stanley Cup back to Canada as well. I mean, it's been a while. Anybody but Toronto or Calgary, I'm happy with. That's the yeah. half side of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I got one more thing, one more boxing history. This happened to this week. Sure. Um, Wilfred Benitez defended his WBC junior weight title against the one and only Roberto Duran um, in 1982, and he beat Duran. Yeah. yeah he had a you know? decision. So 42 years ago. He is one guy at the time of the Four Kings that doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. Wilfred Benitez was a monster, man. Mm -hmm. Right? Beat but Durant. 
you know, but, but that's what I'm saying. 15 like, rounds in Vegas. Yeah, like yeah. Like, like he was a part of a generation where any other generation, he would be number one. Mm. Right? But he was just going well, up. Like, I don't know if he could be me with their pocket, guys. Well, it's hard to say, but you never know. It just this is style and the way they were back in those days, right? I mean, we can yeah. never really truly compare because of hard to know. what it is. But the, that dude was... It was great, yeah. Big special, man. All right, Mr. Michaels, why don't we wrap this puppy up here? We have covered the Munguia fight. We have made our predictions for Connor Ben. I think we both agree that he's going to kick his ass. Yeah, uh, late round stoppage. <laughs> right? So that's pretty much done. There we go, brother, man. We're all done. Guys, gals, the weekend is upon us. The month of February is already here. Wow. What do you say to that, my friend? Um, the year is already moving. So happy Black History Month to, to everyone out there. Um, and happy weekend to everybody. So if you're going to go out there, if you're going to have a good time, please do enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy. Just remember, find a good way home so you can wake up the next morning to your family and have a great breakfast. And most importantly, so you guys can get back here on Tuesday to hear more of us. Sam and Chance. I'm Bobby Sampson. He's Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. So guys and gals, please be safe. Have a great weekend. Samp and Chance are out.